Well, I can't say my classic line of another Tuesday, another pod this week because this is a Wednesday. Yeah. Feels a little unnatural, but... It does. My week's going to be totally thrown off now. You realize that, right? Like, the weekend's yeah. going to come so fast because we're doing mm-hmm. this on Tuesday instead of uh, Monday, which I'm not necessarily mad about. No, that's okay. I do have too much work to do and not enough time. That's okay. Um, but regardless, we are here, of course, as promised, on the Wednesday with the upload breaking down both games one and the game two chaotic nightmare that it was. Uh, lopsided series on paper. But in reality, it's been neck and neck from inning one to inning six of this thing so far. And uh, we're going to give you some behind the scenes today of the pregame ceremonies. Talk about the gameplay itself. Talk about Jack's penguin dive into home plate. Oh, my God. We're going to have Landon on the show. Ask him a couple questions about his stellar performance so far. And overall, just talk about the experience in Atlanta. So without further ado, this is the Pipe It Up podcast and cue the intro. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pipe It Up podcast, the official podcast of MLW Wiffle Ball, and the Eagles lead the World Series 2-0. Jack, not what you want to hear if you're wearing the purple and black. Uh, yeah, not really not really how we wanted to start the series. No, not at all. Not what I wanted to see. I wanted to see a competitive, and they were competitive games, but... <laughs> Um, <laughs> they you know, were competitive. They were competitive. They this were game competitive. two was something. Yeah. But definitely wanted to see 1 1 rather than 2 0 on either side, to be honest, just to keep the fans excited and the viewers excited and keep things intense and whatnot. 2 0, not where you want to be. Yeah, not where we want to be. Um, I, I The games were exciting, though. Uh, game one, you know, we'll kind of go through game by game. Um, but I guess first, what I'll just say about game one is that. Ultimately, it was it was kind of one swing of the bat, and we had opportunities to put runs up on the board that we just didn't capitalize on. Um, and the Eagles, you know, I guess the key word that you like to use, Tom, is execute. They just executed, you know, they did. One, one more time than we did in that game, mm-hmm. and that was the difference. So, Yeah, Landon stepped up in a big way. Uh, happy for him. Definitely a cool moment, and not necessarily the guy that I thought would step up. But we did give the nod and the Eagles in their depth. And I talked to you about how when they played us, it was like, no matter who was at the plate, I was just uncomfortable in the field. And that shows you why. He's, he's been coming are, on. He, he has. He, 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 uh, talk, he had a I good, talked about that on TikTok. He had a good um, series. I made that video in, yeah. about why they made the World Series. And I listed like three reasons why I thought it happened. And he was the first reason because just he's a significant improvement from having either Blade or Carson in that four hole. Yeah. He, um, playing the Eagles, number one, their whole lineup is just so disciplined when it comes to, you know, taking taking pitches that are balls. Yes. Um, and Landon is no exception to that. And he's also just got a little more pop in his bat than like Zach, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but still just he fits that lineup so well because he is just he's so disciplined and consistent. Yeah, he is very consistent. It's a good word for him. And he also, yeah, somehow, some way, he just seems very comfortable at all times. Mm-hmm. He doesn't seem like any pitcher, any style, any arm slot ever throws that kid off. He always seems like he's on the ball. He his, started like his that. His swing is very flat. It too. is very flat. It's very direct to the ball. Yeah, not a whole lot going on. His very first MLW series ever last year, he hit the walk off yeah. first career game. He just always seems comfortable, which is weird, weird to me. But definitely an absolute steal for Dan in last year's draft. And uh, before we get into game one, although we just kind of hit the highlight already. 
Let's talk about pregame, Jack. Yeah. Pregame, because this video, a lot of it was pregame and all the festivities that were happening at the stadium so that those of you at home could experience it sort of like those who did it uh, at the stadium. Mm -hmm. So what would you think of that part of the video? I thought it actually captured uh, the scene pretty well. I think it it, it definitely captured it. Um, it was awesome. It was so cool, just the whole running out of the tunnel part. Um, we had the, the little hype videos playing mm -hmm. before. Um, got my my cringy war cry in there at the end of that video with the wands up. That was pretty funny. Dan, Dan with the fly Eagles fly, me and him were joking because Kyle sent us a text, you know, a couple weeks leading up to that, or it might even been after the world. Se no, 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 not after the world series. Excuse me. It happened um, in real time. It Jack. definitely happened in real <laughs> You're time. Confused. I'm getting confused. I'm going through inception. It's here not a even a time bit. travel pod. No, time it's traveling. not. No, it's not. I'm time traveling myself. Yeah. Um, no, he, he reached out to us before and and just asked Dan, you know, he just texted us. He said, like, I need an audio clip of you saying Wands Up mm -hmm. uh, or, like, Fly Eagles Fly for Dan. And me and Dan were just, like, joking in the tunnel, like, uh, about how cringy it was recording it. Uh -huh. Like, I was recording it in the other room, and Sarah's just, like, laughing at me because <laughs> <laughs> like, she can hear me. And Dan said it was, like, so awkward when he was trying to record it. But e either way, the video's... Um, they were cool. The hype videos were awesome. Just coming out to the live audience, man, and having them being being so excited was like, it was unreal. I've been in a lot of different uh, venues and sporting, you know, events, both like as a spectator and as a player mm -hmm. on the field. And something about just how large that stadium was with the intimacy of our little setting that we had mm -hmm. carved out there was just so cool. Mm -hmm. Um, it was tough to really, it's tough to really put into words when just the, the concept of it's so crazy it that we're, we're <laughs> running out to the 50 yard line at, you know, in an NFL stadium mm -hmm. with like live, live fans cheering us on as we're running out as like your names being announced. It's just, mm -hmm. it's just, it was incredible. So I think the video did a good job of capturing it. It was cool, and I thought it was funny from my perspective. I knew this would happen, too, and I wanted to show you guys the videos beforehand, but never got around to it in that uh, in that crazy week beforehand. But it was funny how um, crackling a little yeah, bit Yeah, you got here. a little snap, crackle, yeah, pop. A little snap, crackle, pop in my voice right now, but uh, at least it's not cracking. It's just, it's, just, it's popping. It's, it's popping. Not, it's it's not I think it's a good thing. Um, Maybe we're finally getting over the crack. Someone said Are the, you hitting someone said, finally? Someone said the mustache eliminated the voice crack. <laughs> I saw that in the DM. Um, I hope so. But now I'm, now I'm snapping. If that's what popping, it takes, whatever. that mustache is not going anywhere. Yeah, I might have to keep it at this point. Gosh. <laughs> Thanksgiving is still up in the air, guys. Jack says it has to happen. I'm still, I don't know. It's staying. I got to go out this weekend for a birthday. Good. I don't know, Jack. Good. I don't know. I don't know. Um, back on track. I found it funny how all you guys were like little kids. You know, you're about to play a big game, World Series in front of a crowd. Yet the videos start playing, and all you guys like huddle to the front of the tunnel to try to watch it on the scoreboard. Oh, you yeah. hadn't seen them yet, mm -hmm. and I bet you that sort of stuff happens actually more than you think in like rookies on NFL teams or like someone gets a call up to the MLB and it's their first game because they never experienced stuff like that and they want to see what's actually happening. Yeah, even though it's a distraction, but I bet you that happens more than you think. Well, you see it too on like you know some of those mic'd up segments or even like replays mm -hmm. in. Oh, I'm yeah, specifically thinking like NFL games, yeah. but you can see that they're clearly looking up at the big screen and they're, you know, joking with whoever's next to them or, 
um, you know, even if it's like something bad that they did and they're rewatching it again, just being like, oh. yeah, but yeah, it, that was just another part of it where it's like, I'm up there. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. It was so crazy. Um, but yeah, just like a really surreal experience running out there. I know you guys uh, were pretty easy to follow with the camera. You kept a nice, cool, calm and collected pace. The Eagles just went charging out. See, I had a hard time keeping up. Yeah, we would, uh, we would do this when we warmed up for lacrosse games. We would do this like run out onto the field and then kind of like run around the half of the field, like our segment okay. before we started warming up. And mm-hmm. I, that was my least favorite part of the warm up always because hmm. most of the team would come out there and they're just like guns, de- blazing. guns out, like dead sprinting. And that just like, I always felt like I was gonna, I was gonna pull something there. Like I'm not warmed up yet. You know, I was more of a, of a soft jaw guy also because i would just get out of breath from that quick sprint so yeah i was looking to be same thing take here like in. a soft jog take it in you know what i mean and then i ended up getting sort of the tail end i, I ended up being like one of the last guys out there because you, i was well you enjoyed the moment slowing down probably. i tried i tried yeah, to did. enjoy the moment eagles, the eagles were they yeah. were our balls of the wall they were a tough a tough uh bunch to, to try to manage and to have them follow instructions but anyways oh <laughs> uh, yeah that was exciting and then I think the next highlight of the warm-ups was the national anthem. Got a lot of comments about how Trevor got did dirty by me. And you it's unfortunate. As a, sh- as a fellow short man, I would never do that to a guy on purpose. You know what I no. mean? Never. Never no. would. But first of all, Trevor, I got to point the blame at you for a second because why stand next to Arden in the first <laughs> place? You're just asking to be put in a bad spot. Like Any well, picture I ever take, it's like, don't put me next to the tall guys. That makes me look even worse. In his defense, it was just how they announced. Oh, okay, you're it, right. It was just how they announced. So, they announced, so it's actually your fault, batting order. Right, it's actually my fault. <laughs> okay. They announced the lineup, and then they put yes. uh, AJ and RJ on the end there because yes. they were the only guys not in the lineup. So yes. it was it was tall guy, taller guy, Trevor, and then the rest of the lineup. Yeah. So, so that's on me. Sorry, Trevor. On, t- on top of that, you know, I'm having to, we can't redo these takes. We're doing everything in live time now with the cameras. So the anthem starts playing. I quickly race over, flip off my hat, and try to get the shots we need before the anthem finishes. So I'm, I'm zoomed in pretty tight, you know, everybody's faces, and I'm moving across quickly. I'm not really paying attention to who's next in line. So I'm in tight on RJ, and then I start moving across, and I'm like, oh, shoot. <laughs> but I couldn't, like, I couldn't recover. I tried to dip down a little bit, but I didn't want to make it, like, a really bad yeah. shot. So funny. Sorry, Trevor. I apologize, but uh, of course, you got called out for it in the comment section, which I thought was funny. That's okay. He had a good little. He had a good shot on the uh, Instagram upload day uh, post today for game two. Okay, he had go a good, he check had a good that picture. Out. Yeah, there's a lot of good pictures. A lot good of flow. photos. Good flow coming out. A lot back of, of photos. Back of the back of the bucket flow yeah. is so good. Yeah, nothing. Nothing beats that. Um, I also wanted to talk about how when you guys had those little pregame intros, you guys came out one by one, got your introductions. Um, AJ came out with a closed fist. I think like you and two other guys in the line had an open palm for turkey. high five. Classic turkey. Yeah, classic turkey. Yep. And AJ just stone cold, never flinched, just turkey, turkey, yep. turkey. turkey. Yep. He just embraced it, which I liked. So you could, you'll actually see, uh, uh, like before Grant goes out, I leaned over to him and I said, <laughs> just walk out, go to the line, and then like, you know, as the next guy's coming out, turn around and we'll just do knucks. Yeah. Like we'll do knucks. I said that. And then I'm pretty sure Grant just started with not Nux or someone oh, came no. in and it was not Nux. So then we were going high fives after that. And then AJ came in at the end and went back to the Nux. So yeah, it was, it was all over the place, but nothing better than a good, 
a turkey, especially leading up here to Thanksgiving. I, I know. think it's pretty fitting. Only one week away. I cannot wait. Best day of the year, especially with the Lions, are going to win this year finally on Thanksgiving. It's been it's been a while since I've been confident in saying that. Oh, yeah. I, I think we're going to beat the Packers. But uh, to round off the pregame festivities after the anthem, we had the celebrity first pitch, with the celebrity being our very own Cole Story, who is a graphic designer of ours who's based in the Atlanta area. And the guy tossed a Unbelievable. strike. It was sick. I would not have hit that ball. That was a fantastic pitch. It was like a little Ephus. A little Ephus. <laughs> right on the... It, it like hit the pipe almost. Yeah, he piped it up. Yeah, he piped it up. Well, not of the He pod. piped it up for the boys. He piped it up. And uh, wearing the Mallards jersey, he, of course, designed the Mallards logo, hence why he's rocking the How much Mallards did you pay pants. him to get to wear that? I didn't pay him anything, Jack. He, uh, he, he put his all into that logo. My only real contribution to that logo was pointing him in the direction of doing the bird. Mm. And the hat, and then he had a different M, and I was like, make it the yellow tail M, and then we're good to go. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure he was excited. I know he loved having the Mallard logo on the board in Philly. I thought that was pretty cool because he made yeah. that logo too. And he had his logos everywhere in that stadium. It's probably sick. The, uh, the um, you had a word for it, the fascia. The fascias, The yeah. fascias were really cool. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were awesome. Too. Yeah. yeah. Everyone liked the boards, which is good because that was a big uh, task to get done. Mm-hmm. And to have them all up there, and everyone's like, "Oh, the stadium went all out." Like, okay, we did that, but of course, they were willing to accommodate our request if we were to right. back it up on, on our end. But still, very cool. I thought the board looked cool. It's cool seeing it in the background of all like the GoPro shots and having the videos is awesome. And I feel like that wouldn't have been the same event without the scoreboard, even no. though it seems like you could do it without it. It's like, can no. you? I don't know if you can. No, it's not the same. I don't know it's if you can. I don't know if you can. But totally let's get into it. the games now a little bit. Here we'll start with game one. I feel like game one can be unpacked much, much quicker than game two. So we'll fly through this one a little bit, Jack. Yeah. We already talked about the highlight. Landon, yep. your guide us. Three-run shot. Um, one thing I noticed immediately was just both pitchers looking very uncomfortable. Both yeah. Dallas and RJ Wild start the games, which is unlike those two. Yeah. So we saw a very similar thing. I won't speak as much on Dallas, but you know, from my perspective with RJ, we kind of saw almost the exact same thing happen in St. Louis where he came out. Um, didn't really have his best stuff. And, um, you know, that, that ultimately led to a game one loss for us. You know, he didn't, I, I think that might've been his only loss on his record this year. Um, so it was very like eerily similar. Um, actually after he warmed up with the game ball, uh, At, in Atlanta, in Atlanta, um, RJ came over to me because you know, I'm, I'm not really, um, well, he, he really was talking to all of us kind of on the sideline there, but he was just saying, you know, if you guys, if Dallas is throwing any sort of screw ball, mm-hmm. any pitch that's screwing, you know, if you can see how he's holding it, let me know how he's holding it so I can try to get the ball to screw. Because, I mean, we've seen it. I'm, I'm not giving any secrets away. Like RJ has a really nasty screw ball mm-hmm. and it's one of his kind of go-to pitches and he just couldn't get it. He couldn't get it to work. He couldn't throw that pitch. Hmm. For whatever reason, you know, above my, my pay grade, I, I don't really know why, but I, he couldn't get the ball to screw. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it, Dallas, I think adapted a little bit better to the ball. Cause I could tell Dallas didn't really like the ball either, but he still had some of his stuff working. You know, he, he broke out a, Pretty nasty banana oh, ball. Yeah. All, all the stuff that that was kind of moving, you know, his right to left was still working for him. But the stuff that was like screwing couldn't they they couldn't really get it to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, 
obviously, uh, Landon said that he was kind of shopping slider yeah. and was waiting for it. That's all RJ was throwing because yeah, he couldn't. It was he inevitable. couldn't throw anything else. You know, he no, he normally has a slider, but it's something that he kind of mixes in as yeah. opposed to like relies on. Mm-hmm. And if you're if you're you know throwing mostly sliders, hitters in this league are eventually going to pick one up. Yes, um, they're just too predictable. Mm-hmm. So what was interesting is that Grant, who I guess you know maybe you could say a little bit more of a a veteran, has just played wiffle ball more yeah, for some has. reason he came in and he could get that ball to screw he was throwing a screw ball he was throwing a slide drop in there and um you know he came in good in relief he did what he needed to do which was the same thing that happened in uh in st louis too. very very similar so games. it was it was very similar um like i said ultimately like the eagles just they executed more than we did in that game after the game one uh it couldn't have been more like, just forget about it. Like, who cares? In our dugout after like losing mm. the game one, because, like I said, we we had done that. It felt like yeah, it felt like so many series this year. We just lost the first game and then like we're able to bounce back. Like we did against the Gators. People forget that we just got absolutely shelled against the Gators our first game of the year. Um, that was Grant's first first uh game as a pitcher in MLW. Yeah, that was a rough got one. absolutely rocked. We lost game one against the Wildcats, won that series. That was RJ's loss, by the way. St. Louis was actually Grant's loss. But. Ah, okay, so there's the stat. Mm-hmm. Um, lost game one against the Cobras, still won that series. So, like, we had, we'd been there, and we, were, we knew that, um, you know, ultimately, like, we still had time. Now, game two, a <laughs> <laughs> little different story here. Yeah, I was going to say, from my perspective and being having played in World Series before, if I lose game one, I'm thinking we got to win this game too because you don't want to be down 2-0. You don't want to be down 2-0. But uh, again, just more pitching struggles was the first thing that happened in game two. Blade couldn't find it. Bottom couldn't find it. Top of the first. Bottom walked the first three guys you faced. So again, I'm not blaming the ball. I'm not going to blame the ball, but I'm just telling you, I'm trying to give you guys like the inside of what was being discussed in the mm-hmm. dugout and like the behind the scenes. Trevor, his go-to pitch, again, not a secret, is a riser. He mm-hmm. throws the riser more than any other pitch. He loves to kind of hang around, like, the lower part of the zone. Like, everyone knows that. He couldn't get the ball to rise. <laughs> like, he couldn't throw a riser. He told me, he's like, I can't, I can't throw. Like, it's not rising. Mm-hmm. And so he was trying basically all of his other pitches. And, yeah, he was just missing here and there. He actually got a strikeout and then got the speed warning, which was like a killer yeah, that in that does, first that inning. Stink a lot. You finally get one in there, yeah. and, and so seven. It was like two miles per hour too fast. I will take the blame for uh, the grand slam because that at bat, in my mind, I was saying to myself, I was expecting him to walk in an, a run. Okay, and I was saying if he does walk in this run, I'm going to make a change. Mm-hmm. And it was that at bat that Landon hit the grand slam. And so ultimately, I guess I should have, I should have just called it there. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously hindsight's 2020, yeah. but um, I didn't want to leave Trevor out there when I knew his stuff like wasn't working. It, it was pointless to leave him out there. Mm-hmm. So I should have pulled him earlier. Um, you know, Ultimately, like we ended up coming back in that game, so I'm 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 kind of kicking myself for that. But uh, that that was kind of the you know behind the scenes of what was going on 
with Trevor there. And I, and I think you saw a similar thing with Blade. You know, he also was having kind of some control issues too. Yeah, I think uh, just based on the limited experience that we have and what I've witnessed in this league over the last few years, I think turf plays a factor in it. Turf? I think turf, just something to do with, whereas the meadows on our turf mat and the like the dirt backstop and the wood, whatever that is there, I think it, it plays more in favor of the longevity of the ball versus playing on a turf surface. Hmm. That's just an idea. Interesting. Nerves can also play a factor into it. Nerves. But I'm definitely thinking at this point, like this series might come down to who can throw more strikes. Just seeing the first, the top four guys of from both squads combined, you know, the ones and twos, no one really seems to have their best stuff right now on this given day. No, which has been interesting because... Grant looked the best. Yeah, he has. Yeah. And he's pitched the least out mm-hmm. of all the pitchers that we saw so yeah. far in game one he and two. He had the ball screwing somehow. He did. That's and, and I don't know what that is attributable to, you know? It's like... It's like a chef who, okay, you put me in the kitchen with some familiar ingredients, I'll do okay. You put yeah. me with some unfamiliar stuff, I'm going to be in, in trouble mm-hmm. in the kitchen. But you put a pro in there, and they're going to make it work with whatever they got. Right. right? So They're going to make a Grant's, fine fine dinner. Yeah, exactly. Grant, he just figures it out. That's a good analogy. He does. And, you know, we asked a lot of him in game one and game two, really. Um, game two, I'm trying to... Uh, so, in... I I don't want to skip around too much. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been skipping all over the place. We've well. already been skipping all over the place. In the third inning, he ended up walking in two more runs, and he was kind of losing some of his control. Yeah, and we actually bad. had a mound meeting, and I was like, you know, what do you think? Uh, RJ was basically like, I don't have any confidence in that ball. Oh, um, I, I, I obviously couldn't put Trevor back in, um, so I was like, Grant you got to finish this one, man. And he was like, all right. And he got, you know, he ended up getting out of it and we, we weren't able to get the job done, but um, yeah, it was kudos to Grant for, for stepping up and at least giving us a shot. And then you got, you got me just, <laughs> I mean, this, I was pretty much, I was the whiff of the week. Just, I guess game two in general was game the whiff two, of the week. There was a play in particular <laughs> that needs to be talked about. There was a couple, there was a couple plays. First was the check swing that I had for mm-hmm. absolutely no reason. I don't know what that was. I guess it was sort of like a mental block for some reason. I absolutely connected with that ball. Yeah. If it's a full swing, it's a home run. Um, but yeah, that was that. And then the absolute debacle in the yeah. second. Um, I don't know if you want to walk us through. You probably what should just there. play the clip. Um, we'll put it on <laughs> screen. Roll the clip. We'll roll the clip. And I want to just get your opinion on it because I think you were you were one of the main characters in this story here. I was. As I'm behind. The, I don't even know like where to point the camera during this play. I'm like, like it's one of those things where it's like you just put your hands up. Like, what is happening? Yeah. Just so much chaos. We'll roll it and then we'll talk about it. All right. <laughs> you look like a penguin, dude. You came in like dude, arms at your side. So, just all right. I can I can walk us through what happened here. Just, so before this at bat, okay. Before Grant we're even backtracking. Before backtracking. Before we were even up there, Grant says, "If the ball's in the air, he tells me he's like, if the ball is hit in the air, make sure you tag." Simple, simple knowledge. Pretty simple, simple right? Yep. Pretty simple. 
Uh, not a very hard request. No. So as you see in the clip, the ball's hitting the air. Mm-hmm. And I don't tag at all. I don't tag. I just leave right away. Um, I Rookie guess mistake. I, I, my thought process is I see the ball and I see where Dan is and I'm like, there's no way he's catching that. Like, I'm just going to so run. You're trying to justify it saying you have killer instincts and yes. awareness. Killer yeah. instincts. So the killer instincts kick in. Um, I take off from the bag and then if, if you listen closely in the clip, you can hear it. But as I'm like 80% of the way to home, Grant yells tag. Like, you can hear him yell, tag. Mm-hmm. So, then I'm, like, double-taking. Now I'm looking back because I'm wondering, did Dan actually catch it? Like, mm-hmm. I thought I thought I saw it go over his head. And I'm now in the middle of the play second-guessing myself, thinking, like, did he actually catch that? So, then I start running back, and AJ's not going anywhere. And Dan's just staring at me with the ball. So, then I'm like, <laughs> what is going on here, so man? So, even when you saw Dan with it, you weren't sure if he caught it or not at this point. Well, I, I wasn't because I heard Grant say tag, like after mm-hmm. he already hit the ball mm-hmm. and you can hear it in the clip. And then, yeah, so now I'm going back to third and, and no there's nowhere for me to go. So I'm like, all right, I'm going back home then. And so, even when you started running home, did you like, he must've caught it. You just like, I guess I got to go home. I don't know what else to do. Yeah. Like, well, I, I was like, I mean, this is, Honestly, watching it back makes it so much funnier because in well, you didn't in have live time, yeah. it like the d- amount of you know decisions <laughs> and thoughts that were running through my head in like a four second clip mm-hmm. are incredible. But yeah, so then I'm like, all right, now I'm going back home. I'm totally gonna get thrown out. And then I sort As of like stumble into like a pirate dive without my hands in it's like, front of me. It's like a penguin going was, down a mountain. It's like a dolphin. It's like a, yeah, I don't even know what you call that. Um, actually, my dad, like after the series was like, dude, what was that? What was that dive? Like, what was that play? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you mean? And he, well, like, obviously I knew about the play, but he yeah. was specifically talking about the dive. The slide. He's like, did you dive with your head first? You pretty much. And I was like, like no, no. Like, like I, speared. Yeah. I was like, no, I didn't do that. Like I slid like with my hands yeah. and he's like, I don't know, dude. I'm pretty sure you just kind of <laughs> dove in there with your shoulder. And that's like, you watch it back. You did. I literally like dive. I don't know how you like, hurt yourself. I don't know either. You could have seriously separated have, my shoulder yeah. or something. I don't know what I was thinking. I, think I have no answer. Fallen. The only answers I can give you guys is are the only answer is I heard tag after I had left. I went back to tag. There was nowhere to tag. And then I proceeded to go home. The dive, I have no explanation. I think from what I saw and watching the video back, I thought what I had heard was yes, there wasn't it. So you were committing home, which you shouldn't have been. You should have been freezing on the line. I should have. The rule is freeze on the line. Jack. If you know anything about baseball, gotta, I should freeze yeah, on, the line. freeze on the line. Well, unless you really like have studied the fielders and know where they're at, if it's in the vicinity of a fielder, you got to freeze on a line. Um, so you start, you book it for home. Grant sees this and he's like, tag, 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 which gets you turned around back to the base. And as you're no longer facing Grant, he's saying, go back, go back, go back, which I think you thought meant go back to third. Yes. He meant come back home. <laughs> yes, yes. So you were just in a bad spot. Yeah. And wiffle ball is chaotic. It's a small little field. It's happening fast, and I mean, yes, you embarrass yourself. Okay, it was a this whole entire play is just a bad look for the brand, bad look for the league. I'll be honest, but not good. 
Dan didn't do much better. <laughs> Dan could have like walked towards the bag and tagged you. Instead, he like stood there confused and then took two awkward steps towards home and lofted a slider <laughs> six feet to the left of the backstop. Like he could have the whole oh. time as you were running back to third, he should have been charging in towards you. And even if yeah. he doesn't get to you, he could have had a much easier throw home. Doesn't do that. And Dallas is frustrated. Dan's frustrated. The game was tied. The game was tied. And there, I don't know what it is, but like at the Meadows, I feel like we see a lot less of that. Like well, you can hear, you can hear more. First, you of can all. hear more, but also just a lot less fielding mistakes from like, you know, trying to, trying to like almost do too much. Like Dan was probably just like confused because I was confused when in reality he should have just like trusted his gut and like ran at me and could have just like probably pegged me honestly. I think, but like, but you see like in these out of state series, at least I'm just specifically talking to, you know, our series, like even in that St. Louis one, there were a few instances where like, there were some balls that were thrown in the field that should not have been, or yeah. were thrown sort plays. of like under pressure, like, had like a bad not one. confident. Um, and we saw some of those in here too, where it's just like errant throws where it's like, you probably just shouldn't throw that. And yeah. I think at the meadows, if that same play happens, it's like, we see more of like the pump fake hold yeah. or something like that, where it's like, stop the bleeding. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's we what we saw there was a division one lacrosse player and a high school varsity <laughs> baseball player just make two of the most unathletic plays you'll ever see. We are athletes, at least we were at one point. I, I need I need like a I need some one of you fans that has some sort of like uh video editing skills to make me like an anti highlight reel. Mm-hmm. Like a I want I need a compilation of all the unathletic uh un intelligent sports plays that I've made in this league because I feel like I have more than I can count on my my fingers. We've all made our fair share. I once dropped two pop-ups in one series. That happened. So overall, ugly play. Tied the game. You guys end up losing because of Miller got wild. But I think what will be remembered most from game two is probably going to be that play. It sums up the game in one play, I think. Yeah, man. I mean, it was just... It was such a heartbreaking loss because we... That was the second time, again, I, I've made a few comparisons this year, but back to the St. Louis series, mm-hmm. we did the same thing where we were down. We were down 6 nothing. We came all the way back, fought all the way back, and then ended up losing. And mm-hmm. that happened to us again in this game where we actually tied the game, got seven runs back, which doesn't happen No, which doesn't happen in one game for one team often, let alone both teams. Um, and then, yeah, obviously, you know, I can't, like, I can't really... I can't say anything bad about Grant's performance because like ultimately it was a tough spot to be put in and yeah, you know, it was a gritty game. Got a little wild there at the end, but we didn't help him out enough either. So it was a gritty game, but a game like that can make or break a series and Eagles found a way. It wasn't pretty. They made three errors and still won this game somehow all throwing errors. Um, They did not pitch well. Landon was the only guy hitting. Landon has all 10 RBIs in this series right now. We're going to get him on the call in just a moment here. He just joined the Zoom. And, um, yeah, just an ugly one all around. And I wouldn't say it's, like, the display that I would love to see from our league in our World Series from our two best teams. (laughs) But at the same time, like, that's the World Series for you. Like, that's baseball. It happens. Mm -hmm. Postseason baseball, you always, always see more sloppy play than you do in regular season. It happens every year. 
And it's just a stressful sport, and things happen where routine plays all of a sudden aren't so routine anymore. Yeah, I think it's part of the reason why baseball is exciting. I I think it's and with um, football for that matter. It's the team that can rise to the top in the chaos. Yeah, you know the team that can stay even keeled throughout that chaos, and ultimately, I mean, hats off to the Eagles. They just they did a much better job, um, especially in that game too. But game one, obviously, you mm-hmm. know. So, mm-hmm. all right, let's wrap up the game. Couple notables here. Um, Jack mentioned how wild everybody was. There was twenty eight walks across these first two games total. Seventeen in game two. Last year, through two games in the World Series, we had 14 walks. So we've doubled that total this year. Mm-hmm. On top of that, did some quick research. And this year in the regular season, the average for, per game was about eight and a half walks. That includes games wow. that went five, six, seven, eight innings. So for a three-inning game, we're probably looking at between seven and eight walks per game. You guys are averaging 14 right now. So we're doubling that nearly. A couple things. I think I already mentioned the ball. Yeah, we talked um, about it. So... I think that was obviously a factor for both teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think also uh, when, you, when you're not seeing a lot of strikes up there to bat, you don't really have as much of an urgency Very to swing. True. So Very it's true. like you're not really attacking at that point. You're more so, especially on a stage like this. It's like, yeah. okay, well, I just watched the guy. You know, He just walked two guys. There was a total of three strikes thrown in yeah. those two at-bats, maybe. Um, I'm probably just going to take till I see one here mm-hmm. at least. So I think that was happening a lot. Um, not really, neither team kind of like trying to force the issue at mm-hmm. the plate, like just really trying to let the game um, come to them. Obviously, kudos to uh, Landon. He really, he really took his swings, you know, when it, when he it counted. He was the one guy who wasn't on afraid to strike. Still. He wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't. Um, but yeah, I think, I think obviously that ball was affecting both teams. Yeah, I'm interested to see how much the walks play a factor in games three and beyond if we have them. Um, I also wanted to make a note, Jack, that, yeah, you started RJ, you started Bonham, who were arguably two of the best arms in this series, and both of them were unable to finish the their starts. Had to bring in Grant and both. I don't think Grant probably had on his radar he'd need to pitch a lot in this series, but he could be the guy that you need to come, <laughs> come game three. If you win game four, I don't know. Yeah, you know... Um I it's guess funny how these things change and play out. It's interesting because I did tell Grant leading up to the series to be ready. Like I told him, um, you know, who knows what could happen. Uh, maybe someone gets injured or something and he's got to go out there um, or something like this happens where neither of our top two guys really have their best stuff and we got to put them out there. So I think kudos to him for at least answering the bell and, you know, giving our team a fighting chance in both games. Um, I guess the one, the one silver lining out of it is that like the Eagles didn't really see much of our two pitchers that like they pitched all season long for us, you know, outside of like two games that Grant pitched, it was all RJ and Trevor. Um, So we're kind of like in unfamiliar territory here where they didn't really pitch a whole lot through the first two games. That's very true. I didn't think about um, that too much. So I guess that is one thing that I think going into, you know, game three, because really we're just, we're taking this one game at a time, obviously right now. So like game three is a must win. Must win. Um, definition of a must win. Literally the definition <laughs> of a must win. So um, yeah, <clears throat> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. 
But all right, we have Landon Urgaitis now in the call. Let's bring him in for discussion. Landon, 10 RBIs, two home runs. What the heck did you eat for breakfast that morning in Atlanta? Um, dude, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I think I like a granola bar, I think. Granola bar. Wow. It's great. It's no wonder you're skin and bones. That's all you had for breakfast? <laughs> yeah, Come I mean, on. We had bagels. <laughs> we had bagels and cream cheese. We had fruit. It was just a granola bar. That's all it takes. Yeah, my, mom, my mom gave me a granola bar. Oh, okay. It had to come from his mom. Maybe that's the secret right there. Hey, you never know. On game day. I think that might be the secret sauce. But uh, congratulations on a great start. Like We've been talking about 10 RBIs, two bombs, another hit on top of that, a base-clearing triple. You are single-handedly carrying this Eagles offense right now to um, hopefully what is a World Series championship. But, uh, yeah, I got to ask you first just – the environment, the scene, taking it all in. Uh, what was it like stepping out there for the World Series? Um, well, Tom, it was pretty cool. I started playing wiffle ball a couple of years ago in my Grandma Jones backyard. So now taking it that I'm in Mercedes Benz a couple of years later, it's a pretty, it's a pretty crazy feeling just stepping out there in front of the crowd in the cool environment. Mm-hmm. Had to have, uh, had to felt great. I can only imagine to connect, you know, game one with that. That first home run of the series, obviously, it was really cool. Um, I think it was put on Instagram, mm-hmm. piece of content where your dad's the first one in the stands to to recognize it's going over and, and stand up. Um, that's that was just so cool. I mean, you know, just as like a fan of sports, even though you did it to my team, I I can't <laughs> I can't not admit that that's cool. So I guess just like describe what that moment was like for you. Um, so right when I hit it, I obviously didn't know my dad was the first one up and cheering. Like that's not, you're not hitting it and looking into the crowd. So I didn't even realize that till I just saw the real, what was it yesterday or two days ago? I didn't mm-hmm. see it till then. So seeing that moment a couple of weeks after it happened, it was really, it was really cool to relive the moment. And then just to see kind of that reaction from my dad, who's, um, he's always supported the wiffle ball and he thinks it's really cool. So just seeing that reaction was awesome. That is cool. Yeah, I saw that, and Kyle pointed it out to me, and I was like, how can this not be this week's real? You know what I mean? Like, how can you not make that? It's so cool. Did you show him that video or no? Yeah, he lo- he loves it. He has a uh, Twitter, too, so he saw it on the Twitter. Oh, nice. <laughs> He's on X? Good. Yeah. What what was it What was it like in general um, just playing in front of, you know, your dad and obviously other family members there at a venue like uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium? Uh, so that was the first time, or that was the second time that my uh, dad has went to one of the MLW series. He went when we played Tom's team in the uh, NLCS. So hitting oh. it in front of him, uh, that was the first one in mind that he got to actually see in person. So that was really cool. And then just like I played baseball, and my dad was my coach for probably like ten years. So just seeing, I guess, how far I guess kind of the bat and ball sport technically has gone. Um, it's really cool. Yeah. That is pretty cool. I didn't know that. I didn't know he was your coach. Coach your guy. It's probably it was weird for him not being on the sidelines with you. Probably weird for him being in the crowd and watching it as a as a as a spectator. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's yeah. it's cool. Um, I also got to ask you too, because uh, I've been there, and you know that even this year I started to heat up early on and I hit those home runs in Philly, and you start to think like maybe I'll get some awards this year, like Silver Slugger, MVP, whatever it may be. But when you put together two, you know, a three run shot, a three run triple, and a grand slam. Does it creep into your head like, man, I'm kind of like the guy in this series right now? Does that cross your mind at all, or are you solely focused on trophy? Just be honest. Um, to be 100% honest, when I go out and play, I've never 
thought of I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I always just look at the scoreboard. And I think as an athlete and a competitor, like even when I bowl and do other sports, it's always, are we beating the other team? I never really think about myself. I don't think of myself as that guy. I think of myself just, I'm trying to help this team win. What can I do? I'm more of that type, I'd say. And then now when I look back at it, I'm like, yeah, I was kind of doing that. (laughs) It's clear. It's clear your dad coached you in baseball and also in uh, in media relations too. You've been doing a great job yeah, he's answering trained. these questions. Um, but on a serious note, like as a player, you know you have obviously sports experience um, outside of wiffle ball, probably playing in a lot of different places. But what what you know what is it like for you? How do you kind of deal with the the chaos like that we saw in game two? Just like in the foreign environment, in a new stadium. We got a bunch of different stuff going on. Interviews, photos, swapping jerseys every game. Like, how do you kind of just, like, stay level-headed and focus on the game? Um, You just got to treat it like it's a normal game. Uh, you're just out there at the end of the day. It's just wiffle ball. You're playing wiffle ball. And um, all these people came out to see you play, so then just try and put on a little show for them and get some wins. I mean, that's kind of just the mindset that I kept. Just go out and just do the best that I can do. Uh, there are people that are taking time out of their day to watch me play, so I'm just going to go out and do the uh, best I can. Wow. What a, what a humble Fair guy. Enough, yeah. Love it. We love it. <laughs> um, I also wanted to ask you, too, uh, a little bit about the Eagles pitching staff because it has been a bit of an uphill battle. I will say, though, Jack, we didn't talk about this yet, but I think Dallas has looked the best out of all the arms so far. Certainly. Dallas threw a shutout in Game 1. Yes, he walked several guys, but shutout in Game 1, he came into a rough situation in Game 2 and made the most of it. Yes. And he ended up finishing strong. He got three strikeouts in that last inning. So he has looked the best. But um, Blade, who has been a big piece of your guys' turnaround, along with yourself here in the second half of the season and in the postseason, did not look the best out there. Looked very uncomfortable. He looked frustrated visibly. I could see he was upset. Um, did you guys talk at all during the game, maybe after game two, about what the plan is moving forward? Will we see Blade again in this series, or is it going to be Dallas's series to lose at this point? Uh, we kind of talked moving forward. Uh, we want to implement Blade at some point. It's just hard to know when, because the problem is, is that the Magic have seen Dallas now in game one and game two. So as you start mm-hmm, being a true. pitcher more, then you start obviously hitting them better and seeing them better. So I think we're gonna we're definitely gonna keep Blade in our back pocket, and then I think we're gonna use them at the appropriate time. Yeah, no, I mean I, I I kind of expected that from the Eagles. They've been you know relying on both guys throughout the year. So they have. It's tough to turn your back on a guy after one bad inning. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So agreed. Well, um, in a big series, I wasn't gonna rule it out. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Uh, you, you've kind of landed you've been, you've been the, the, I guess, ace in the four hole for the Eagles now for some time, especially the second half of the year. Do you anticipate, especially like with your performances in game one and two of this series moving up in the lineup at all? Or do you think that Dan's going to kind of keep you in that four spot? Dan just rolls with kind of whatever Dan wants. So if he thinks, you know, I'm appropriate in that four spot and I'm doing well there, I might stay there. But if he sees some people struggling, we could get moved up. I mean, it's kind of just whatever Dan Dan chooses. All right. Dan does as Dan wants, huh? That's right. He does. He does. I got I to ask you. I got to ask you, Landon. Um, I, I guess I'll say first, I did not see the series going this way uh, through <laughs> the first two games. Um, 
if, if you could be honest with us, did you expect it to be like this? No. Uh, going into the series, <laughs> I was expecting probably, I don't know, a one to two or like a two to one ball game for the first two games. I wasn't expecting all the runs that's happening and all the chaos that's happening, but you get a bad ball, you get a crazy environment, crazy venue and weird things can happen. And it never fails. We have some crazy things, crazy high scoring games in these out of state venues. I swear. Yeah. Whether it's an eight inning game or Philly was like 11 to seven. We had St. Louis that was, was, was tied at six to six. And that was a final seven to six there. Mm -hmm. We had a 12-0 game in St. Louis, and now this 9-7, one of the more wild games in our World Series. feels like every year, one of the World Series games is insane. Like, Well, I, I shouldn't say every year, but um, thinking these last couple World Series. In 2021, we had that weird play where Nick Saylor threw the ball out of yes. play, and then the D-backs came back. Remember that weird yes. play? And then last year, it was the Jimmy Norp walk-off home run out of nowhere in Game 2 that really was the gut punch to the Cobras. Um, and now this year, game two, uh, highlighted by the wild play, but overall just a wild game. That play was just a good, uh, it's a good snapshot of the game as a whole. You know yes, what I mean? yep, exactly. So, Landon, you guys are sitting pretty at 2-0. Uh, probably couldn't ask for anything more, I will say. I know I, I, I saw Dallas get so fired up after that last out in that second game, saying just one more, one more, because... I think you realize that in sports, especially baseball, you know, you start counting out. It's like, okay, we just need nine more outs. We're going to win this series. Like you, you never feel like it's done. There's no clock in these sports. There's no clock in yeah. baseball yeah. and like basketball, football, that sort of thing. So are you guys still pretty dialed in? Um, did you feel it sort of mellowing out at all in the Eagles clubhouse or was it just as intense as before game one started heading into game three? Uh, I'd say it was very similar. We always kept the mindset, you know, we're just going to go one game at a time and just control what we can. And, um, mm -hmm. Definitely didn't mellow out in that game, too, since, you know, the, obviously the Magic came back to tie it up 7-7. Seven, seven. So that didn't um, really mellow us out at all because then we had just the mindset of, all right, it's a 0-0 zero, zero ball game. We got to win. Um, so we're just trying to take it one game at a time and just focus on getting the next one. All right. I think you saw the emotion come out from Dallas because it was – because I think he knew how big of a game you know what that would have been – if they had lost yeah. being up that yeah. much, like what, uh, what a just like gut punch that would have been for the Eagles. If we mm -hmm. would have been able to come back and, and win that game. So I, I think that's why he kind of let the emotion show. But yeah, I think, I mean, I can't, I can't speak on it specifically, I guess, but if I had to guess, I think winning game one, you're excited. You're up in the series. I think winning game two when you're up one, nothing is almost more exciting than being up one. Oh, cause like, wow. Yeah. Like we have such a cushion <laughs> right now and we're playing really good and it's right where you want to be. Yeah, where you want to be. So, and Dallas yeah. has played great. Like I said, he's been the one arm that's been pretty consistent uh, throughout this series. But it's been a little more shaky for him than normal. But he's done the job he's needed to do for the Eagles in these first two games. I'd say for sure, certainly. So, well, Landon, congrats on a great start to the series. I wish you the best of, as I do for Jack. I wish you and the Eagles the best of luck uh, moving into the remainder of this series. Game three, of course, will be on Friday for the fans to watch. So, Landon. We will catch you out there in action, apparently in the four hole, uh, once again on Friday. All right. All right, Landon, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Have a good rest of your night. Yep, you guys too. Thank you guys for having me. All right, thanks again to Landon. A little bit of a choppy phone call, but 
is what it is. We'll make yeah, it. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. We appreciate it. Sometimes you in. guys got to, you know, you got to battle through the technology <laughs> and just, you know, use a little bit of your imagination. I, I no, I mean, you could hear what he was saying. No, was I know, a but <clears throat> yeah, a little choppy, but little choppy. shout out to Landon. Thanks for him to come for coming on the show. And I got to remember that. I think now on the road, it's the, tr it's the snack from mom before the games mm -hmm. that makes you play good. You didn't have little, that. Little did you? mom magic. No, a little I did mom not. Magic. I did not have the, no. Nope. No. Nope. <laughs> okay. No, he did not. All right. Well, next time, Jack, make sure you take note of that. Let's move into this week's comment of the week. And uh, this one is <laughs> <laughs> about AJ. And it says, Ackerman hitting bombs and then showing a high school graduation pose graphic of him is funny every time. Oh, my Thank you for God. the comment. Here's the picture, guys. Let us know what you think of this picture. I think I'm the one who took it. If you know AJ, this picture's so AJ because he's just like... Kind of a quiet guy who never wants to, like, he never wants to get in the way of anything or, like, do anything for himself. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. So, like, mm -hmm. I was like, I got to get a picture of you for the series. And, like, instead of being like, what do you want me to do? Well, this and that, he just, like, sits there and smiles. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, that'll work. And for whatever reason, Kyle picked that picture. Probably it's the highest quality picture we had of it's him. It's probably the only picture, like, of him smiling. Well, yeah, so we probably have. have pictures of him, like, in action and stuff like that. But, like, of his face and stuff mm -hmm. for a graphic, probably the only one. So even rolling with that one, he homered again in the series. We never even talked about that. But yes. AJ comes off the bench, homers. That's pretty cool. A uh, big home run for him. is only his second career, I think, right? Yeah, he's been he's been coming on. It was good to see him. I I did want to mention actually that now that you brought that up because um game 1 uh obviously AJ played game 2. Game 1 you know, we we struggled at the plate a little bit. Curdy rewatching the video, Curdy got like all of Dallas's best pitches, man. <laughs> he like I he feel did. so bad for Jordan. Like, you know, watching it live was one thing, but then like rewatching the video I mean, he was literally just every. He was giving Curdy his best stuff every he time. Was. It felt like so. A lot of that's confidence. Though. I didn't think. I didn't. Curdy. Yeah, I didn't think that Curdy was like seeing him. You know, not seeing him well or whatnot. Like I thought he was actually seeing him pretty good. Um, but we've been kind of rolling with, you know, AJ in Game Two uh, throughout the throughout the year. So felt like you know he he went down. He came down there too. So I wanted to get him him a chance to to play and. Obviously, he came up big with a home run. So yeah, props to AJ. It, it uh, starting Curdy didn't surprise me at all, Jay, because it's kind of what you've done all year. It seems like you usually roll yeah. Curdy game one and then AJ game two. Yeah, mix I did up in game three. Yeah, you know, we actually did. Um, we put a lot more thought into this than you would think. I really asked both of them to be honest with me. I'll tell you why I know, but yeah, I, I I asked both of them um to be honest with me about who they thought they had a better chance against, either Blade or Dallas. Mm -hmm. Um ironically, both of them said Dallas. Um so I didn't really have like a clear decisive choice as to like who I wanted to to put in game 1. Ultimately, we talked it through and just decided that um because of some rules uh, that because I asked you right about the rule about um, what was it exactly? Something about DHing and who yeah. The DH <clears throat> Ultimately, the decision came down to the fact that if Jordan played in Game Two when Trevor was pitching, then Jordan would have had to be, be in the field, and I I wanted AJ in the He's field. He's money at first base. I wanted AJ in the field. He did have one go right through his wickets. It which I felt bad ball, about, but that was, was a hard, hard hit ball. ball. 
We gave um, Landon a triple in the book. But. It, it was a hard hit ball. Um, but that was the decision maker was I wanted, I, I was valuing the defense more than the batting. I mean, you could and put so yourself I decided out there. To, no, 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 no. No, we've been, we've been through there. We've been yeah. there, done that. Um, yeah, AJ's, you know, pretty solid at first. So that was why we, we did that route since we were planning to pitch Trevor. Got it. Who normally plays first when RJ pitches. No, I so. knew it was coming down to the wire for you because we were preparing to do the introductions for everybody on the field like we did in pregame ceremonies. So we needed your starting lineup to know which order to write the scripts in and if it was needed to be AJ or if it needed oh. to be Jordan. So we kept yeah. asking you, like, what's the lineup? What's the lineup? What's the lineup? And so that's why I knew you were going back and forth on the decision. Yeah, we didn't decide what the lineup was going to be until the night before. Yeah, there so. you go. We had both scenarios ready to go. But uh, any other comments, Jack? I know 2-0 is not where you want to be. Um, yeah. Next Wednesday, we'll be talking about Game 3 and Game 4 if it happens, I guess, for your sake. I hope we're talking about Game 4. I hope so, man. I hope so. Um, I, what I will say is, regardless of the outcome, I'm very proud of this team this year and how we fought. Um, I told them, you know, after these these two games that... Just like in series where we've been down, you know, the first game 1-0 and we've won the series. In a five-game series, it's kind of the same thing when you're down two games. Um, yeah, what's so, your pep talk? I've been there. I've been down 2-0. It's not impossible. Um, you have done it. I have done it. <laughs> you I'm have done it. So it. I think that no shade on the Cobras. I think this Eagles team is a little bit better than that Cobras team oh, was. I don't know, Jack. I don't um, know. Those Cobras were down it, man. I don't know, man. I think this Eagles team is more mature than those Cobras okay. were. Is that's that fair? fair. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, which comes into play when closing out series. It but, does, for sure. Um, I mean, my my pep talk was, was really just, you know, kind of like what I said right there. Just that, like, we've been here before. Um, I know what we're capable of. and the confidence was, uh, is not shaken, you know, because like I said, to start the podcast, two very competitive games, those games could have went either way. Like we didn't feel, have. we don't feel like we're being dominated mm -hmm. at this point. It's just, it's just well, kind it's of unfortunate. It's, it's the little things. things and it's a couple plays here and there that, that they executed, um, you know, they executed better on, but we'll see here, man. Game three, one game at a time. That was what I said was not only one game at a time, but just one pitch at a time, you know, one out at a time. Hmm. Let's just try to uh, piece together some good plays. So, yeah, I um, I trying to remember what my pep talk was to everybody when I was down 2-0. I don't think it was very uh, elaborate, you know, <laughs> but I, I know I had confidence. I know I did because I remember thinking to myself and like knowing like we can do this. We will. It was like a no thing. Like it's not if it's a no. Mm -hmm. Long time ago, many many years ago. But I, uh, it's definitely not over. We've never seen it before. We have seen some sweeps in this World Series before. So I'm also thinking like the Eagles have all the momentum right now. It we have. Wait, what do you me. mean we've never seen it before? I, I maybe I misspoke. We have oh. seen it before. Yeah, we have seen it before. We have seen it before. I did it. Yes. But it's uncommon, right? I mean, Not we've common. never even seen a team down 2-0 force a game five outside of my squad that did it. So mm. it's not common. But I wish you guys the best of luck. And regardless of what happens, like you said, it was a good season. And I know the Eagles are going to try to finish this thing off right now. You saw how fired up Dallas was. It, they definitely want to keep the foot on the necks going into game three. Yeah, fully expecting that. Um, not going to really give away too much in terms of game three. 
but um, expecting them to keep the pedal on the metal. Yep, lips sealed. We will talk about it next week on Wednesday once again. So once again, reiterate. Should I say once again one more time? Once again? Uh, Once again. Once again, Wednesday. You should say once again, once again. Ah, good one. Way to wrap that up together. Uh, Wednesday will be the upload next week, and then after that, we will resume to Tuesday. So the Tuesday after Thanksgiving, back on normal schedule. Yes. Got it. Everybody got that at home? Make a note in your calendars. Mm -hmm. Wednesday upload next week as well. But other than that, Jack, uh, that's a wrap for this one. Thanks again to Landon for hopping on the pod. Uh, The World Series was played on Zach Whalen's birthday, and we will see you all next week. Pipe it up, pipe it up, pipe it up, pipe it up, pipe it up.